And so with that, we're now at a time of our service where we come to communion and our brand new pastor is going to lead us in that uh, through a video. So here it is. Hey, Verde Valley Christian Church. I have four words for you this morning. The gospel changes everything. We are all about the gospel here at VVCC and how Christ took steps to us. And now we get to take steps to him. What steps did he take? Well, he took on flesh and he dwelt among us. He walked this earth fully God and fully man, living a perfect life. He would go on to hang on the cross for your sin and for mine. He said, it is finished. And what happened next is nothing short of astounding. Three days later, he rose victoriously from the grave. The Son of God overcame sin, death, and that grave. The gospel changes everything. Leading up to all of this, Jesus had one last meal with his disciples. The Apostle Paul, a guy who would have his life turned upside down by the gospel, would go on to write this about that meal in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. He says in verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. Go ahead and take that bread out of your cup, that wafer. I want you to hold it up and think about this. Think about this moment that Paul is writing about. In verse 24, Paul writes, And when he had given thanks, Jesus broke it. He broke the bread. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This bread symbolizes Christ's body, which he gave for you and for me. So right now, let's take the bread. And in verse 25, Paul goes on to write, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Go ahead and get this cup ready. And Jesus would go on to say, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Christ poured out his blood for you and for me. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's go ahead and take the cup. Right after that, Paul writes, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ came and changed everything for you and for me. Before we ever even began to take steps towards him, he took steps towards us, towards you, towards me. The gospel changes everything. VVCC, let's keep proclaiming this beautiful gospel to the Verde Valley and to the world. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you did on the cross for us. 
for your body, which was broken for us, your blood, which was poured out for us. Thank you, you overcame sin, death, and the grave, and you reigned victoriously. We love you, we worship you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Jesus, we pray all of this in your matchless, perfect, and awesome name. Amen. Amen, amen. Wow, that's hard to follow with announcements, but we still have to do some announcements. So I think we have to do announcements. I hope I have the right things in order. So you heard? <laughs> they know I don't do well with this kind of thing. So, and I don't have a joke. David knows he has a joke, but I don't have a joke. Oh, start here class is. When is start here class? <laughs> When? Oh, okay. So you're you still can attend Start Here because it's Nick's service at 10:30. So if Start Here, the Start Here class is for anybody who is new to Verde Valley Christian Church, anybody that's new to the faith, or anybody that's even uh, asking questions about what it means to be in relationship with Christ. You could go to the Start Here class, and again, that starts after this service at 10:30. So feel free to attend that class at 10:30. The next slide. I think is the Mexico mission trip. And October 1st to the 7th, anyone 18 and older is invited to join. And today, if you've signed up to go on the Mexico mission trip, Tanny is having a meeting after second service today in what we call the kids' big room, which is all the way to the end of the hall and hang a right. So make sure you attend that. Also, uh, this coming Friday night is the House of Ruth Walk for Life. House of Ruth is a ministry we've been supporting for years. Um, they're a, a pro-life group that does a wonderful job taking care of families, women in, in, in pregnancy and crisis pregnancy. So this is their main fundraiser. This Friday night, they're going to be starting at this church and ending at this church. So we, we get to host that this year. You can support them by walking. You can support them just by making a donation uh, to House of Ruth, a very worthy ministry to, to support. So now's the time to go ahead and send out kids. If you're four years old through fifth grade, you can stand up and you can head to the back with Tanny. And now... We get to hear from Pastor David. Guess what? It's me again. <laughs> All right. So as you heard Doug Freeman say earlier, uh, our lead pastor, Jim Hammond, is out sick at the moment. And he was thinking he was... Oh, just a second. He was thinking that he was going to be teaching today. Uh, and he was excited for a new series that he's starting. And rather than just kind of taking what he had and going with it, we decided to delay that so that he can teach that next week. Uh, and you get me instead. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> so, anyways, um, I, I have gone back and forth on trying to decide how to start this. And I like to start things light and fluffy, which I feel like maybe we just did. Um, but I'm going to turn a corner real quick. As we go, you can see what I picked as the title today. This is going to be hard. Is when the battle is at your door. And I think it's very appropriate. Uh, God knows what he's doing that somehow I wound up talking to you today. Um, so I'll just share. So we just found out last week. This is so much harder than I thought it would be, that my brother Brian has 
an eye cancer. Um, and we don't know quite where things are going to land yet, but, but the statistics, if you look at them, are not fantastic. They're not the worst, potentially, depending on where you land in those statistics. It could be, it could be real bad. Um, it could be only mostly bad. Um, but this is a prime example of the battle being at our door. Uh, and so today I want to talk to you about, we're going to be talking through about a king and a song. And I bet you could guess what song it is if you've been here for a little bit. But we're going to be talking about the song uh, Battle Belongs, which we're going to actually all sing together at the end of this service. Um, but we're also going to be talking about a king from Second Chronicles, uh, where a lot of the pieces of that song are pulled from. And I think this section of scripture, uh, it's with King Jehoshaphat, super weird name, but with King Jehoshaphat and Israel. Uh, and this is a history that we're going to look at. And so it's not, it's not Jesus telling you, here's what you should do. But it's a history where I feel like we can look at it and learn what good things were done that we can take away from that to also apply to our own battles uh, when the battles are at our door. Because I'm sure that, uh, like me, all of you have battles going on. And, and usually it's not one. Usually it's many um, at the same time in varying degrees. Uh, and so we're just going to take a look at this and see what King Jehoshaphat and Israel did in a situation when a literal battle was at their door. So let's go ahead and start. Let's uh, bring up scripture. And also, like I said, I found this out on Friday. And so I'm going to be a little bit just kind of all over the place. And so I uh, found out about teaching, I should say, on Friday. And so I've quickly put some things together. And it's stuff that I have looked at and thought about in depth through a number of years, but it's not something I was planning on teaching. So, so anyway, so I might jump back and forth a lot. All right, so 2 Chronicles 23 through 5, just before this, uh, the king is in Israel, and he has some messengers come, and basically they say, oh boy, you're in trouble. You better watch out. There's like, I think, three different uh, cities of armies coming against them to wipe them out. And so uh, this is what King Jehoshaphat does, and I want us to look for how he responds to this news, because that's pretty, pretty bad news. Like, you have armies coming, they're going to wipe your city out. They're way bigger than you. You don't have any hope. So how does he respond? Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So, oh, and there's a little bit more. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard, and he said, and I don't have the scripture in here of what he said, but then he goes on into this kind of long prayer of asking God for his help, declaring who God is, declaring what he has done for them in the past. So what did we see? Let's go ahead and back, back to that uh, first part of the scripture. What do we see? What did Jehoshaphat do here? So if we look up, we see immediately his response is that he resolved to inquire of the Lord. And so, I mean, what, what does that sound like to you? That sounds like prayer to me. It sounds like uh, recognizing who's in charge here. And so then he did a second thing. So uh, he went to prayer and he proclaimed a fast 
for all Judah. And I don't know if you know what fasting is. Maybe that's new to you. But fasting is like depriving yourself of something. Typically, it's food for a set period of time so that you can set your focus on God, set your focus on um, things that are true and right, and the reminder of your hunger, or the hunger reminds you to come back to God, to come pay attention to him, to be able to say no to yourself and say yes to something else. So that's kind of the practice of fasting is doing that. And so he says, everybody, we're fasting because I recognize that I cannot do this. We cannot do this. All right, so let's go ahead and jump up to point one, which is how do we respond when the battle is at our door? We fast and we pray. I think that's, that's a quick takeaway that we can get from King Jehoshaphat and what he did. And so, and that, that could, you might look at fasting and go, that's, that seems like a, something a little too out there for me or whatever, but it doesn't have to be like, like Jesus did in going 40 days and 40 nights without food. You know, like, we don't have to jump there. Please don't jump to that. Um, you, if you're going to plan on doing something like that, you got to work up to it, okay? Uh, but, but you can fast even in little bits to start with. Skip a meal. Pay attention to praying. Skip two meals. Pay attention to the thing, the battle that is on your heart, bringing it before God and pray. Bring it to him. Uh, see if you can do a day. I know for myself something I've done a lot of times, and it's just real small. It's not, it's not anything big or fancy, but if I have a significant meeting or something I know coming up that day or, or some, um, something that I have to deal with, I will skip my breakfast and skip my lunch, and that hunger reminds me, come to God, pray. I need to be reminded that he is my source of strength, not food. Jesus is my source of strength. All right, so that is point number one that we can take away from that. So then let's see what happens next. Let's go ahead and go to the next uh, verses here. Um, so then, and I, I've got to fill in a little bit because it's a long scripture and I'm kind of condensing. But so then, basically they're all together. And as they're kind of waiting to hear from God, God uses his spirit to speak through um, one of the men who is there. And he says this, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. And the Lord will be with you. So what can we take away from this part? So they've, they've already uh, heard the bad news. They've turned towards God, an appropriate response, turned towards him with fasting and prayer. Now they're hearing God's word. And so what did we see that's important in there? Point number two, remember, always remember the battle belongs to God. It's not about us suddenly scrambling around and figuring out, how, how, like for the king, how can I scratch up an army to try and face them? Or how can, I, how can I, you know, in my own power, just do whatever I, do I need to go pay someone else to come and protect us? Can we send riches to another, another nearby city? Can they come out? No. He is turning toward God because the battle belongs to God. Right? So let's see what happens next. So as the story continues, after they just heard this, how does Jehoshaphat respond? So they heard, heard the word from God, and he bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. 
And then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So what did they do? They heard God's word and they responded appropriately with worship and praise. So point number three is to respond with worship and praise. When the battle is at your door, how do we respond? With fasting and prayer. We respond by remembering that the battle belongs to God. And three, we respond with worship and praise. All right, let's keep going. So then we get to the next set of verses here. And, and now I'm trying to remember what's the in-between. Uh, let's see. Okay, so yeah, so now they're getting ready to go out. And uh, the king says, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Then Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As And this, this is crazy. Pay attention. As they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Let's go to the next one. It says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped destroy one another. Like, what? <laughs> So there's so much going on here that I just think is wild. So they have so much faith in God that instead of saying, well, yeah, God, okay, you're going to take care of it, but we're going to still send out our best warriors at the front. No. They say, you know what? We believe in God. We believe what he says. And so let's send the singing men, like me, <laughs> the singing guys out in front and let God fight this battle for us. That's just crazy. But then we see God's response to their faith and to follow through with what he said he was going to do. They didn't even fight at all. They just came over the hill and they could hear the battle happening and the armies that were supposed to be working together, God flipped something in their mind so that they thought they were the enemies and they just wiped each other out completely. Um, later on, and I don't have it up here, but later on it talks about them. Then they go out and they plunder uh, all the, the armor and the, the everything that they had out there. And it, I mean, it took them, I can't remember what it says, but there is just like a massive amount that not only was the army defeated, but then they received the wealth of these armies that were coming to destroy them. Like how much is that like God to do something amazing like that, right? All right, so... So what did we see happen in these? Let's go to the next, uh, is the next point. Yeah. So have faith and proceed singing and praising God. Can you tell why I like this as a worship pastor? Um, I think this is so important. So when the battle is at our door, we begin by turning our attention appropriately towards God. And we fast and pray. And we remember the battle belongs to him. And we respond with worship and praise, recognizing who God is and praising him for it, and praising him for what he's already done in the past and what he's already set up for us to do in the future, which we know now at this point in history, how Jesus gave himself for us. We know our, our finish is secure. Whatever happens here in this life on earth, um, 
is really almost like nothing, where our eternity is set and secure with Jesus, where we get new bodies and new heavens and a new earth, and we get to live in his heaven with no tears, no pain, and everything is made right. That's, that's an incredible promise there. And I think it's fascinating that in this situation we see this worship and praise, singing and praising multiple times. And then again, too, after they come back, which I'm, I'm not getting into that with the scripture too much, but then they come back and again, they turn towards God and praise him for the victory. Um, and so I think sometimes we think that singing is just sort of like, yeah, it's just kind of this thing we do. But it, it's really not, and it's so much more than just singing also. Praise and worship is this idea of living right before God, living dependent on God, and then using your mouth to respond and declare that as well. What do I have next? I don't remember. Let's see. So uh, you can back up to the one before this. It's fine. Um, so this is an important thing to remember. So this is an amazing story. I love this story. So cool to see what God does here. And yet, it has a wonderful kind of happy ending, at least if you're the good guys, not if you're the bad guys. But it has this happy ending, and yet, we are not guaranteed that. And so I just wrote this out to be able to say, we're not guaranteed a momentary result, but we are guaranteed an end result that lasts forever. So in this situation, God spoke, God followed through on what he said, and there's this amazing rescue. Uh, now, does that have to happen? Does God have to do that? Are we in a fallen world where there is sin that is still messing everything up? Um, sorry, I split that up. No to the first, yes to the second. But <laughs> we are still in a fallen world, and we don't control God, and we don't have the full picture of his entire plan yet. But we do know he wants to give more time for more people to choose to receive him to choose to follow him, to have that eternal life with him. And so for whatever reason, we're in this in-between where Jesus has come and he's given us the way of salvation, but we're not to the end yet where sin is eradicated. We can have forgiveness and that's amazing, but sin is still having its effect now. And so even if our situation doesn't go like the kings and Israel's, even if we have something that feels like on earth just a not the ending we want, not the ending we choose, this is still how we're supposed to respond to God with those four points. We still turn to him with fasting and prayer. We still recognize that the battle is his, and he has a plan that is different than ours most of the time. <laughs> uh, and we still respond with worship and singing, and we still respond with singing and praising him because he deserves it, because he's worthy of it, and because we can trust that our end is secure even if the middle seems fuzzy, even if the middle seems crazy and ridiculous. Um, but we have that promise. We have that guarantee of an end result. And I tell you what, I, I am one. I will take an end result promise much, much quicker than a momentary. Um, and I hope that you are that way as well. That's even talking about finances, and I'll just derail for a minute. But we just talked to, to one of our finance guys, and... And he's like, now don't, don't worry. We're looking at an end result for you know a lot of years from now, um, and it's okay. And I tell you what, that's that's how we need to look at things: is the end result. Don't look at the craziness of right now, whether it's finances or life or whatever. You don't need to look at this 
oh my gosh, we have a cancer diagnosis. Now everything falls apart. Yeah, sure, there's things that do feel like they fall apart, but God does not fall apart. Our end result does not fall apart. His promise to be with us, his promise to love us through it does not fall apart. And so we can count on that. That is, that is our hope. That is what we need. Um, and so we're going to come into, let's see, I've got a few minutes here. <laughs> That's good. I wasn't sure how long this was going to go. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and invite the worship team back up. But I want to go then to the next question. Before we sing this song, what battle is at your door right now? Or what battles? I realize there, there can be many. What's at your door right now that you need to bring before God with fasting and prayer and remembering that the battle belongs to him and with singing and worship and praising him? I want you to just think about that for a minute as we get ready to sing this song and bring that to God through this song. Bring that to him in prayer. Bring it to him with worship and praising him. And I realize that you can't just like fast right this second. So we're not going to practically do that. But you can take that to heart and then do that this week. Um, you can come to him with prayer and fasting this week. But even right now in this moment, come to him with prayer and worship and singing. Whatever the hurt or the difficulties are, lay it before him and say, God, this is what I'm struggling with and I need you. I want to turn my face to you. I want to recognize that you are the one who's in control and recognize that it's you that I need. So think about that for just a minute. And let's go ahead, before we actually sing it, let's go ahead and just look at these lyrics for a moment. And many of these lyrics are kind of coming from this story. So let's just pull up. Let's just talk them through for a moment, and then we're going to sing them. So let's look at the verse. Lyle, would you bring that up for us? Is that in the... There we go. Yeah. So when all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. And the chorus says this, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. And, and if you don't have that picture, that's often the picture of being on our knees as we pray before God. And sometimes I think we maybe let that go too much just as a metaphor. Maybe it's, it's a good idea to actually get on our knees to honor God and on reverence of who he is as we pray sometimes. And it says, with my hands lifted high, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And that too, some of the last times you see people like this in worship or singing, they're like, why do they have their hands up? I can't see, you know, or whatever it might be. <laughs> but I want you to think, and, and too, if you're, if you're a hand raiser and you just do it kind of randomly for whatever reason, think about what you're doing. As you raise your hands, what is that, what's that like a symbol of? It's a symbol of surrender, saying, oh, hands up. I'm not in charge. God is in charge. I surrender to you. And that, there could be other things, too. You can, you can have hands up just like reaching out to God, just saying, God, I need you, as he's reaching back out to you. Um, so those are some things to consider, even in some of the lyrics that we sing all the time, if you haven't thought about those, think about that. As we're bringing our requests to God, as we're bringing before him the battles that we have, to come to him and say, 
I'm not in charge, God. I surrender this to you. I need you. I need you to hold me through this. And if you turn to him, he will respond to you. And then it continues, says, in every fear, I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night, oh God, the battle belongs to you. So let's do that right now. Let's stand up together. Let's lift up our voices to worship him, to praise him, to turn our attention to him so that he can carry us through the battle that's at our door.
know what? I just want to hear your voices real quick. Let's go ahead and lift up our voices and sing that chorus one more time. So when I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet and I sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And oh God, the battle belongs to you. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you need prayer for any reason at all because of the battles that you are going through and you don't have a support system or someone to walk that through with you, please come on up. We have a prayer team up over here on the side of the stage. They'd love to pray with you uh, and just help you through that process. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. See you next time.